Hi, everyone, and welcome once again. I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas, and it's a joy to be with you today, continuing in our midweek Bible study 2022 fall edition. It is Wednesday, October 26th. We're continuing in our study of 2 Corinthians, and I hope you felt this challenge and enjoyment as we've studied so far. We're pretty new into this study. It's only session seven today. So if you've missed any of the previous episodes, you can catch up right here on this media platform. The topic we're gonna talk about today is called New Bodies. Some of your Bibles will have a subtitle at this particular point in the scripture passage in 2 Corinthians chapter five that will say New Bodies or something similar to that. And I'm gonna tell you a lot more in just a moment, but right now, Join me in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you once again that we can gather as friends and family to study your word. Thank you for all that have come today. May we be enlightened and not just in head knowledge, but in heart knowledge about what you're talking about as Paul continues in this journey through 2 Corinthians. Thank you for what's to come in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. The text for today is, as I said, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. Here, Paul continues teaching from the previous chapter. The glory of eternity with Christ is far weightier than any suffering experienced in our temporary bodies in this life. Paul longs to occupy his eternal body, described as a permanent house built by God himself. Knowing that is coming, Paul has the courage to risk even more suffering in order to continue the mission to preach the gospel. His one goal in this life is to please Christ. He knows that every Christian will face judgment by Christ, not to decide one's eternal destiny, but to receive what is due for our works while living in these temporary bodies. Are you ready to find out more? Well, open up your Bible or Bible app to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 10, and let's find out what's going on. Follow along as I read. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, for we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we've done in this earthly body. All right, that's a lot of great verses there we're gonna take a look at, so let's unpack the passage. Starting with verse one, it reads, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Here's the question. Once again, Paul broaches the topic of the resurrection. Specifically, he contrasts a tent with a heavenly body. 
Can you explain a little more, please? Here's my thoughts. Paul compared this present earthly body to a tent, which is a temporary structure that's meant to be dismantled. When this earthly tent is taken down, as it reads, a reference to physical death, believers will be given a house in heaven, made by God himself. The contrast should be clear. Our earthly bodies are like temporary flimsy tents, while our eternal bodies will be permanent buildings. In the same way, earthly troubles are temporary, while the glory and joy of heaven are eternal. And that's how we ended chapter 4 last week with verses 17 and 18, which said, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that can't be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. I hope you can see how this ties in in chapter 5, what Paul just finished in the previous chapter. Going on, let's look at verses 2 and 3. They read, We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. Here's the question. Here Paul is honest about his longing to leave behind the tent of this life for something else. What is it? Paul was loaded down and weary with all sorts of troubles in this world, but his troubles inspired him to long for the day when he'd receive his heavenly body, like new clothing as it reads. This image depicts the glorious truth that the earthly bodies of Christians will be transformed into eternal heavenly bodies. The believers in Corinth probably had been influenced by the Greek idea that death would free the soul from the prison of the body. This idea was probably the reason some Corinthians had begun to deny a bodily resurrection in the first place. This verse clearly rejects the idea that believers will become spirits without bodies. Instead, believers' earthly bodies would be transformed into, as it says, new heavenly bodies. Amen. All right, next, let's look at verse 4. It reads, While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. The question is, this verse adds another image to the list of images about the heavenly body. What is it? While we groan and sigh, as it reads there in our present bodies, we don't look forward to a time of having no bodies at all. As Jesus' own resurrection body shows, Believers will have bodies that to some degree correspond with their own physical bodies. Their bodies will be redeemed, Romans 8.24. Through Christ's saving work, their resurrected bodies will be better than they can ever imagine. We will slip into these new bodies and have everlasting life. That's going to be so great. All right, next is verse 5. It reads, God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee... He's given us his Holy Spirit. The question is, was Paul's yearning for his heavenly body a desperate hope or something else? My answer is, God had determined long ago that believers in his Son would inherit eternal glory. This picks up on the idea expressed in chapter 4, verse 17, that we just read a couple of moments ago, that the Lord God had planned not only to justify believers through his Son's sacrificial death, 
but he also had planned to glorify them with heavenly bodies. Part of God's wonderful plan to save those who believe in his Son includes the Holy Spirit as proof of his and their eternal destiny with God the Father. The Spirit is a guarantee that he will one day pay up in full. Paul envisioned Christ on one glorious day coming to complete the process that had already begun with the help of the Holy Spirit within the Corinthians' lives. Through his death, Jesus would not only save believers, he would also clothe them in heavenly glory so that they could celebrate their salvation in God's presence. The Holy Spirit within believers is a trustworthy guarantee that God will give Christians everlasting bodies at the resurrection. Next up, let's look at verses 6 and 7. They read, So we are also confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. First, before the question, complete this sentence. Paul was not afraid to die because he was blank of spending blank with Christ. I'll say it again to you. Complete this sentence. Paul was not afraid to die because he was blank of spending blank with Christ. If you go back and read verse 6, you'll see what I mean. Have the answer yet? All right, here's how you fill it in. Paul was not afraid to die because he was confident. See, when verse 6, it says, so we are always confident of spending what with Christ? Eternity with Christ. Absolutely. Now, here's the question. How does that statement relate to these verses, verses 6 and 7? Paul said that being in these earthly bodies only means that believers are not yet at home with the Lord. Of course, facing the unknown may cause anxiety and leaving loved ones hurts deeply. But because Christians believe in Jesus, they can share Paul's hope and confidence of eternal life with Christ. And as a result of that confidence, believers live by believing and not by seeing, as it says. Christians believe there is a greater spiritual reality that determines how they will live in eternity. To base life on what can be seen, in other words, the realities of this world, that would be foolish indeed. This world will pass away, but the truth of God's word will never pass away. Matthew 24, 35 and 2 Peter 3, 10. Next up, verse 8. It says, yes, we are fully confident that we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. Here's the question. What does this verse say happens to a believer when they die. Now, let me caveat before I answer this for you. There are several different thought processes regarding this particular verse, verse 8, depending on which commentator you read from, which theologian you research. But regardless of that, there is a clear answer here. And again, the question is, what does this verse say happens to a believer when they die? When a believer dies, he or she will be with Jesus. They won't float in a limbo state somewhere. Instead, they will have a personal encounter with the Savior. And then when Jesus returns in all his glory, all believers will be given heavenly bodies that will be perfect and will last forever. Now, although this verse, along with others, has provoked much speculation, Paul's point is abundantly clear. A believer's destination, his or her eternal home with Jesus, should inspire confidence and courage in the face of life's difficulties. And though Christians may moan under the strain of persecution, their problems should never push them to despair. 
like a woman in labor. Believers endure the pain and suffering joyfully because they know it's temporary and will lead to something much, much better. And that is a perfect and eternal home. Amen? Amen. Believe it or not, we're already at our final two verses for the day, so let's take a look. Verses 9 and 10. They read, So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Here's the question. According to these verses, what is our goal, whether in our current body or our future heavenly body, and what will Christ judge us for in the end? Knowing that when we die, we'll be with Jesus, folks, that should inspire us to live always to please God, to please our Savior, Jesus Christ. Just as we live for Christ's sake on this earth, we will continue to live for him in heaven. The transformation that the Holy Spirit is working within us now will finally be completed. We will become like Jesus, Romans 8, 29 and 30. Eternal life is a free gift given on the basis of God's grace, but Christians' lives will still be judged by Christ. Salvation is never obtained by works. We know that, Romans 4, 4 and 5. And this judgment before Christ will not determine believers' eternal destiny. Instead, at this judgment, instead, at this judgment, Christ will reward Christians for how they've lived on earth. God's gracious gift of salvation does not free Christians from the requirement of faithful obedience to Christ. All Christians must give an account of how they've lived in this body. Throughout 2 Corinthians, Paul tells the Corinthians how he had been careful about his speech and behavior among them because he knew Jesus was hearing what he said and he was judging it. This passage warns the Corinthians that their speech and behavior will also be judged and they will receive whatever they deserve for the good or evil they've done in their bodies. And folks, that is for us as well. This is a sober reminder to all believers that we must evaluate all we say, think, and do from God's perspective. The fact that we will meet Jesus should inspire both joy and, quite honestly, a holy fear. Joy that we'll finally be with our Savior and fear that Jesus will hold us accountable and does, in fact, hold us accountable for our actions. Amen. Well, beloved, we have reached the end of today's study. Kind of a short version compared to others, but that's a good one, packed with lots of great information. We've been talking about new bodies, and I hope this has been encouraging to you. I hope it's been challenging for you as well. Next time, we'll be studying 2 Corinthians 5. We'll pick up with verse 11, and we're going to go all the way to the end of the chapter of 5 and move over to chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And we're going to talk about how we are God's ambassadors and exactly what that means for us today. Thanks again for taking time to be with me. It's always a joy to be with you. I really appreciate your time. May the Lord continue to bless you and keep you. I pray that you have an amazing rest of your day and week, and I'll see you right back here next time. Until then, God bless you. Go in peace. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church. Real people. A real God. Real hope.